0: Welcome to Connecting the Docs, a podcast from the State Archives of North Carolina, where archivists connect archival materials to fascinating and true stories from the past. We deliver rare and often overlooked topics related to North Carolina's storied history. Now here's your host, John Haran.
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Connecting the Docs. Today, we're going to discuss dialects from the Appalachian part of the state. Uh, and this will be one in a series of programs on the western part of North Carolina. I'm your host, John Horan, and we've got a wonderful ensemble cast here today. And I'll let each one of them introduce themselves to you.
2: Well, hi, uh, I'm Brooke Chuka. I'm the outreach specialist for the State Archives of North Carolina.
3: And hey, folks, I'm Josh Hager.
4: I'm a records analyst at the State Archives. And I'm Bree Dumont. I'm the spring intern of 2022.
5: Hi, and I'm Fiona Allen. I'm the other spring intern. And um, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about Smoky Mountain English or Appalachian English. So um, Smoky Mountain English, Appalachian dialect, hillbilly talk, southern mountain English, mountain talk. Appalachian English has a lot of names, but it is simply defined as a dialect of English spoken by people in Appalachia. North Carolina is home to a large portion of the Appalachian population and holds Appalachian cultural centers and was home to countless vital moments in Appalachian history. And because of that, it has an important place in how the language developed and is used in a modern sense. I'm a native Ozark English speaker, a dialect that is direct and recent ancestor or um, descendant of Appalachian English and falls under the umbrella of Mountain English. My people are from Polk and Calais, Dallas County, Missouri, before that, Carrick County, Virginia, Surrey County, North Carolina, and Northern Georgia, and the Tennessee border area. Um, we are Scotch-Irish for the most part. Family connections and place are vital to understanding Appalachian English because of the geography and topography of the region. Cam folk and communities often create their own subsects of the language. Appalachian English itself is an amalgamation of three primary cultural groups' own languages of origin mixed with broader Southern English. These three groups are Black Appalachians, Cherokee, and Scotch-Irish Appalachians. Influences from these three groups can be seen everywhere in the region, and the language is no exception. In addition to Appalachian English, these cultural groups, as well as others, for example, Spanish speakers, also speak their own language and are often multilingual between these languages and dialects. For example, a person might speak African American English, Appalachian English, and Standard English.
1: That's a great overview. I think that you're bringing this personal connection in with you. I'm wondering, we have this rich history in the western part of the state. How are we going to find this in the archives? Where do we see this in the state archives?
5: Yeah, so in the archives, it's everywhere. Anywhere where Appalachian people are speaking and writing, you can find examples of Appalachian English. Um, Some great places to look are within oral histories. Um, in folk song catalogs, folklore catalogs, and literary magazines and newspapers, especially, I love reading the personals and notes to the editors because you can really see good examples of home talk. Um, in particular, something that's really interesting to pay attention to is the context and formatting of the document. For example, in one of our documents, English folk songs from the Southern Appalachians, Appalachians comprising 122 songs and ballads and 232 tunes, long name. Um, above each song, it credits the person who recorded it and where that person is from using the word at to signify place. So it'll say at Carmen, North Carolina, instead of from or in. This is a feature of Appalachian English that is used. So like if somebody's talking, they'll be like, um, when we was living at West Jefferson, you know, that's just how people say I was living there. Um, that's an example of Appalachian English and it's being used formally in this document. Um, So oftentimes dialects, especially dialects that are stereotyped with people living in poverty or with a lack of education, are talked about as if they are improper or slang. But looking at the formatting of these documents, it helps us to rethink about these dialects and how they're used and helps us to understand them as more valid and serious forms of language because they are being used formally in these documents.
1: Yeah, that's really terrific. I I wonder if there's a way we can sort of get a sampling of some of these words and phrases.
5: Oh my gosh, sure well, there is. Um, I've set up a, a game that we're going to play. So I've picked out some fun Appalachian words and phrases. And I and my fellow intern, Bree, we know what they mean. I'm going to read it to you guys, and you guys are going to have to guess what the word means. And then each word that we have is has been used in the archives before so we'll talk about big uh place that it was used in the archives as well
1: that sounds great yeah uh, let's let's get started with that i think it'll be a fun time
5: sounds amazing cool so our very first word is my favorite on the list and that's granny woman if you want me to use in a sentence yes please yes i'd love to okay so i would say like oh i saw the granny woman on tuesday and she said everything's good yeah saw
2: the granny woman
3: the granny woman. I mean, the obvious thing, right, is that it has something to do with age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least logic, logically, <laughs> right? I mean, let's. I like. Brooke that and idea. John, let's suss this out, right? Let's suss I this like out. I like this idea. It, maybe it's age. Maybe it's the like the town elder.
4: Mm. Maybe.
3: Like, cause I'm, that that would make sense. Like, the oldest person in town is the granny woman, or granny man. Uh, oh, that's man. a good
2: question.
5: Is Interesting. There... Is this? Yeah. What's the <laughs> gender there... of
1: this?
2: It,
5: I do not think that there would be a granny man. Um, maybe no. nowadays, but in huh. the traditional sense, I do not think that there would be a man performing the granny woman duty.
3: That was a clue. Oh. That was a clue. <laughs> so maybe elders a, a little bit too too broad. What do you guys okay. got? What do you folks
1: Yeah, are you? that's a, I, I was going to go with 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 granny as a gra, a granny woman as some like your actual like your grandmother. But That was my initial perfor- thought
2: too, but <laughs> But
1: performing duties, I would never okay. I would I don't I don't know that I would say I would use that phrase when talking about my grandmother. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not sure I would.
2: Well, my thought so I'm trying to think the kinds of roles that a granny woman might have played. Could it have been a doctor or like a a local not maybe i don't know if it's doctor or maybe a local healer um, you're getting
5: it so warm brooke you're like okay. right on the right what guy. about
3: on that vein but if it had to be female what about a midwife yes
5: yeah. it means midwife wow, a wow. Midwife is the community midwife wow
1: yes. look at yes. this look at this crew that
5: was so between... incredible you guys are like <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yes So a granny woman is a midwife or a woman who helps with the birthing process. We might call her a birth doula nowadays, but it is used in the archives multiple times. But the example that I picked out is from the North Carolina Literary Review, and they're just talking about, you know, people like individuals in the community. And like a granny woman is kind of a staple of every community had or sometimes still has a granny
2: woman that would take on that role. So, so just one granny woman. Uh, well, you could have multiple granny women. Okay, granny yeah. women. Granny, granny women.
5: Yeah, just but I, I suppose that there would probably be like a, the main one, like yeah, and then yeah,
2: yeah, she has yeah. Her, her helpers. Yeah, and I guess age doesn't matter at all. It could be a 25 year old granny woman. <laughs> I'm,
5: I'm sure that, um, like, when we think about it, it, it was usually older women because yeah, they yeah. didn't have... They had children of their own that were already grown, so they weren't that taking care of children. They were able to go out in the middle of the night and, you know, help other women. But I suppose that, you know, her daughters, because a lot of times they stay to the family, so her daughters might be oh, younger no. and come along with her.
2: So, yeah. How cool. I I, I just, I would love to to tell that to midwives that i know and see how they feel about being called any that that woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i know.
5: It's i love the term um, because i think that it really plays back into the idea that Appalachia is ruled by matriarchs
0: and yeah. a lot
5: of Appalachian culture is commanded by the women, um, especially home life which is so important. And yeah, so it is kind of is indicative of that that matriarchal culture.
2: Absolutely.
1: And then tell us more about that document that you found it in.
5: Yes. So it's a really sweet um, document. It um, is interviewing these, this couple and kind of talking about, like, their life story. And in it, um, she gives the example. She's talking about a granny woman. She says, North Carolina, or I have reserved the right to write as I have about – she's talking about an enslaved person in 1860 who was a North Carolina granny woman. So um, that's a very interesting section. So she's kind of talking about, like, these different people in Appalachia in the community
3: that she grew up in. You you mentioned an interesting point with an enslaved woman. Would, in in Appalachian traditional culture, do you know if, like, would a town have a granny woman for each race in in the instant Jim Crow era? Or would it be, like, one granny woman regardless of race for the whole community? I'm sure that in
5: communities... I'm sure that in black communities, they had their own um, midwives um, within the community. But I think that sometimes um, midwives of different races would work with clients of other races as well. So I think it was probably a mix of both, just depending on where you were. And of course it's, it's usually it's whoever has that generational knowledge and the culture and practices around childbirth differ from culture to culture. So having a granny woman who understands that particular mothers or person who's giving birth culture is really important.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's, this is, this is fascinating.
3: So I guess if your if the granny woman in the town was also your grandmother, she'd be granny squared. <laughs> she'd be
5: mama squared. Um, she'd be what? mama squared. and then she'd be granny woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay, so you guys want to move on to the next word? Sure. Let's do it. This one's a little bit more silly, um, and it's a boomer.
3: B-O-O-M-E-R. My first thought thinking about onomatopoeia, because I love to say that word, is that this could be some sort of ammunition.
1: Yeah. or fireworks oh
3: yeah so
2: i was thinking along the same lines but with sound um uh, but i was thinking more thunder and lightning kind of oh that's so very interesting. interesting
3: so
4: we're both thinking sound
2: sound yeah yeah but maybe we're maybe we're totally <laughs> off josh Free. do you have any thoughts <laughs> on
4: this one i was thinking more like an outsider someone who's new to the area you know boomer boom towns oh. I, you know having some history living in the west i don't oh, know yeah. that's, well,
1: that's, that's very good that's a very good connection.
4: You guys are being so logical.
1: Are any of
3: us even remotely <laughs> close, Fiona?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so let's read. Wait, wait. Before you answer that, let's recap. So we've got human-made sound. We've got natural sound. And we've got sort of Western migration.
5: Mm-hmm. So you guys are being very smart. And you're thinking about this in a very logical way. <laughs> um That is not the route to take with this word. I would say just a wild guess would probably throw you closer. <laughs> um,
3: okay, you want wild guess? Sure. Let's go with black beans.
5: Oh, okay. Black
1: food. Beans. Some kind nice. of some food? kind of food. I food, went, okay. I went, I went with food and drink, but on the drink, I thought maybe some kind of, you know, bourbon mm. or, or, uh, that's smart. distillate of <laughs> some oh, sort spirits. That,
3: that's a great title. That does
2: sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh-huh. really good. Okay. Well, you guys are all wrong. Um, a
5: boomer <laughs> is a squirrel. It is a squirrel. Uh,
3: uh, a yeah. squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. That's nuts. Yeah. So That's nuts.
2: That's <laughs> a good one, Josh. <laughs> So explain why. Do you know why that a squirrel is called a boomer? I
5: don't. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. It's it, is a red squirrel, so it's a certain kind of squirrel that you can find up in the mountains, and I don't know why we call them boomers. But it's very odd. Um, that was just like a fun <laughs> one that I don't. I don't know the background for, and the document that I found doesn't really provide very much background um this is from the tar hill junior historian um spring 2006 and they have a really fun game in there that talks about uh, north carolina dialects and has boomers as one of the examples of words you can guess the kids can guess in the journal so that's kind of a fun
3: so one i have a theory mm-hmm. i have seen at a family gathering a squirrel drop an acorn on an uncle causing him to wail in pain mm-hmm. i could foresee an event where squirrels dropping nuts from very tall trees could cause a boom on the ground with the acorn and thus they are the boomers when they are bombing you with the nuts i love that it's, idea it's probably not that but in my head cannon, it is that so okay we accept
5: head like cannon as canon here
3: and I mean, we'll throw in another one for squirrel. The, the French word for squirrel is le coureilleux, which is a very weird word. It's one of the weirdest French words I know. So boomer makes more sense than le coureilleux.
1: Yes.
2: Fact. Yes. I like, I like
1: the idea that boomer makes more sense than a word from another language. Altogether. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would make more sense than a, from a word that's in another language entirely. That makes. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Okay, so my last word for you guys, this one, I hope you get... Um, this one's a lot easier. And it's Yen or and There's a couple ways to pronounce it, but
1: that's the word. Well, I'm going to take myself out of this one. I lived in Pittsburgh yeah. for a while. <laughs> I, I I know what this one is, so I'm going to go ahead and recuse myself and, and watch Josh and Brooke flounder around with it.
3: Okay. <laughs> is flounder a hint? Is it got something to do with fish? It has nothing no. to do with... Well, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Huh. Well, so... so- Josh, do you want to go first?
3: Or? No, Brooke, take a stab no. at this well,
2: one. Because to me, it sounds like it could be the Appalachian version of y'all, right? Like
3: That's my <laughs> guess, too. Yeah. Like, either and you're that right. or youngins. Like, That's it?
2: Okay, yeah. good.
3: That's like, y'all? We, okay. Got we got it one. Y'all. you oh, got one.
2: <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> yes. First time.
2: Yes.
5: This is just y'all, um, but it has different kinds of grammar rules than y'all. So like you can use y'all basically anywhere, Mm -hmm. but yin is a little bit more specific. So like you could say all y'all, but you can't say like all yin, or I guess you could, that's a bad example. Um, But like, I guess that it's more like directly about people, you can't use it so much in the abstract, like y'all can be more like general, yin is usually about like a group of people that you're with kind of thing, if that makes any sense.
3: So all um, y'all is y'all but some y'all is yins.
5: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Approximately.
3: It's the yins Venn diagram.
2: <laughs> yeah, I need to make one. Well, I love that these you. are these are words Fiona that you know and you you can feel how they're supposed to be used, but it's really hard for you to articulate it's that so hard. to people who aren't used to it. Yeah, I was uh, thinking last night, how can I explain
5: the difference between yin's and y'all? Because it's so, like, very specific. And the, my grandma, this is her favorite word. She, well, maybe she throws it out like that's what I didn't know my name growing up. I was a yin.
3: So, but yeah, it's a good <laughs> word. I mean, I, I think, John, we should probably, for those listeners who are outside the South, clarify what is y'all?
1: I I was gonna say I I was oh. gonna go in a little bit on a background for for yins and y'all, and I think that it's fascinating to me. Well, it's okay. So y'all is the plural you, so in, you in, all literally right, and shortened down to y'all, and it's and yins is you ones. I I think from from mm-hmm. what I remember, shortened down to yins, and it's fascinating here that. The Southern y'all didn't get to the mountains, but the Scots Irish that end up in Pittsburgh and in North Carolina do the Yins. That's why you know I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and they and they they call themselves Yinsers because that's the <laughs> the, the, the their version of y'all. That's their plural you. And it's fascinating to me that that, that the Scots Irish connection. That is, is what so fascinating. Keeps that language alive and not the Southern connection necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that in Pittsburgh, they do y'all is yinz. There is the the Venn diagram. There is a one hundred percent overlap.
5: That's just a circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that it's also important to note that the Pittsburgh is Y I N Z, right? And then
3: the Appalachian is Y O U N S. That's right.
1: Yeah, the Z yeah. comes into play. I don't know where that. That, how that these, changed, uh, but there you go. Yep.
3: Does the Appalachian dialect also include y'all? Like, could you have Absolutely. someone who uses both?
5: Absolutely. You'll probably hear more y'alls than yin. I. That's an, A lot of these words are more used by old, old
3: people. Well, I mean, I think that's just dialects in general mm-hmm. are being homogenized as Absolutely. we have more and more communication with each other, the internet, uh, urbanization.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of these... Smaller dialects. You, I mean, it's not uncommon for older generations to be the bastion of of older dialects, and younger folks. You might have select few. You might have yuns of younger folks, certain people who are learning the dialect, but most people don't. Yeah. Or they might know it it only tangentially, but don't can't define it.
5: Absolutely, and that's why oral history is so important to be able to protect those
1: dialects.
5: I love the plug
1: for oral history as the oral historian <laughs> for the state archives. I'm down for that all day.
5: <laughs> yes. And then the place that I found this document um, was, it's called the North Carolina manual. And I'm not really sure it's a legislative manual and political registrar. And they just use it. Like they just throw it out there a couple times in the document. Um, so it's kind of neat. to see it in kind of like
3: a more formal setting. Yeah, the North Carolina Manual, from my hat when I was reference archivist, is is actually a publication that was produced by the state for use by members of government and as a reference for government. Uh, So, yeah, you'll see that oftentimes. I don't know if it's still published today, but um, that was the intention for it. when it was put put out, so.
5: Bethany, thank you for adding that context. Did you say the date of that document? I missed it. That was um, 1945 through
4: 1946.
1: Let's take a quick break before we get into more word guessing games.
4: The State Archives of North Carolina is excited to announce the inaugural Friends of the Archives paid internship. One lucky intern will get the chance to dive deep into an all-encompassing archival project. Our projects offer the opportunity to network with other archival professionals, get a behind-the-scenes look at project management, participate in committee meetings, and present findings. Want to know more? Visit the internship webpage at tinyurl.com bdfr7cx. The deadline is April 1st. Contact Shauna Carr at Shauna, C-H-A-U-N-A
2: dot car C-A-R-R, at N-C-D-C-R dot gov with additional questions.
5: Those are my words, so Bree, do you have some words?
4: I did pick a few. Since I'm not a native North Carolinian, I decided to choose words that I was able to pronunciate, and the first one is (laughs) Vittles, spelled V-I-T-T-L-E-S.
1: Is it related to Skittles? Is it a candy?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be.
1: <laughs> could be. I mean, interesting. That's...
2: I feel it like was... I, I know this one, but I feel like maybe now that's too easy. I feel like it's,
4: it's...
2: well, I don't have, to. Josh, you can go first if you want. Uh...
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it reminds me of the word chitlins. Mm. So I'm thinking it, it could be like the innards of an animal. Like, something to do with innards? Like the vital. Uh, Like the vital organs, something (laughs) like, like, like something like, you know, oh, I'm going to boil the, the and it's like the liver and the intestine and so you don't waste any part of the animal. It's just, that was my first thought. I could be wrong.
4: It's a good guess. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's along the, the line (laughs) of what we're looking for, but a little too, um, what, what's the word I'm trying to find? it's a little too centered. I mean, it's a little broader than okay. that. Let's go with that.
2: Well, is it just food in general? That's my yes. thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: All right. yeah yes. I
2: feel like I've heard this before. I feel like I know this word and may I, well, you know, I did, I went to chorus camp in fifth grade in the Appalachian mountains where I learned to play the dulcimer and maybe it's all just sort of soaked in to my brain, and it's just Yay. living in there. But I, <laughs> I don't... Yeah.
3: yeah I Where, wait, it's where's is, a is, is the, the, the dulcimer? dulcimer. <laughs> yeah. It's an
4: instrument.
2: Yeah, I'm no, sorry. I got a lot... Of, everyone was asking questions at once.
1: I was going to ask, is the dulcimer going to make it on this show? It's like, is that going to be... Uh, a little solo from Brooke on the dulcimer?
2: Well, I don't have a dulcimer, so no. Um, okay. And I certainly couldn't remember how to play it, but I do know people who do play it. We can make this happen, John.
1: All right. <laughs> That's something.
3: So I knew my guess was awful.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> 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 spelled with an O for everybody yeah. out there who didn't want <laughs> to get it. <laughs>
3: If you can't stomach that pun, I apologize for you this season.
1: It's gonna get bad.
3: Oh I'm full of tripe, sir. So they say.
4: Perfect. Oh we're gonna shit. have a nice
1: pun counter.
4: Yeah, there you, you know? go. Yeah.
1: And then we're gonna have people guess over under how many bu- how many puns we're gonna have at the end of the- by the end of this. This
3: pun brought to you by the governor's Is-
1: papers. Reminding you. Yeah, no, that's no. right. That's right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that they um, believe that it's a misspelling of the word victuals, vit- vit- which is spelled v i c t u um, a l s, which comes from the Latin word, which they think means either nutritional or supplies. And some things, some people think that it comes from the old French word of which means to live. So it's an interesting um, root base word. I decided to just look it up because um, you know I heard the word vittles, but never spelled like that before. So it was just interesting trying to backtrack where it might have originated from.
1: Tremendous, so that's French twice.
4: Yeah. My... <laughs> so we've got,
1: we've got a French counter and a pun counter, unbelievable. <laughs> Sacre bleu.
4: And so this one also came from the Tar Heel Junior Historian, um, the same um, thing that Fiona referenced earlier where it had a list of um, mm-hmm. North Carolina words and you had to, you know, match the word to the sentence. So that was
3: pretty interesting. And a plug here. If if you are the parent of uh, kids uh, or uh, preteens and want to get them involved in history, sign them up for the Tar Heel Junior Historian. Mm-hmm. Like sign that that club is through our department. And it is an amazing resource. They get this journal. They get or it's a magazine. They get the club activities. They get to do fun stuff. So look it up. If you if you have young kids or if you're a, you know a kid listening, thank you for listening. Uh, sign up for this organization. I guarantee you, if you like this show, you will like the content coming from Tarnhill Junior Historian.
4: I can second love that it. for sure. Absolutely,
1: love it. Thank you.
4: Are you ready for my next one?
1: Yeah, let's go.
4: All right, the next word is booger. and just as a hint, booger. it has nothing to do with your nose.
1: <laughs> well, that takes out. A, <laughs> I have no guesses now. Is it kids?
4: Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I could use it to, you know, bug. in relation to kids. It's <laughs> kind of grim. So kind of I thought yeah, no. <laughs> with kind the
3: Scottish grand. accent that it was something related to bugs, so I thought it could be an exterminator. That's
4: an interesting wow. guess. That,
1: that's very grim. So if, especially in the context of kids, so... Is that, is, that, is that why you said it was grim? Is, that, is he right? No.
3: Oh,
1: no. God. Okay. <laughs> good.
3: I didn't mean to be that grim. I was, I was honestly kind of zoned out because I was trying to think of bug, bug, bug. Uh.
2: If not an exterminator, <laughs> it could be the bugs themselves? It is not,
4: okay, but good that? guess. Okay. Okay. Is it a ghost? That is one of the words, Yes so it means ghost or boogeyman is one of there's actually two oh, definitions sure. so you know boogeyman but bo, you know or bogeyman some people call him bogey but boogeyman and booger um, but also ghost
3: i will admit that was a joke answer because it starts with B-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> b-o-o boo yeah exactly uh but yeah i was saying boo and not boo words. uh so yes that's a that yes. was a wild guess. That was a real wild yes. guess, Fiona. So there you go. Well,
5: good job. You know, guesses. <laughs> I really believe in the power of guessing. Um,
1: <laughs> well, we, we hit on some with some guesses around here.
3: So, Bree, how do we get from boogeyman to booger?
4: You know, it was, there wasn't a lot as far as, you know, how it came to be. But while I was doing some research, I actually um, found that there is an unincorporated area in Gaston County called Boogertown. And legend has it that they, the moonshiners called it that to keep people away, um, they would scare them and say there was a, a boogeyman in the woods, so you need to stay away, so that basically they could protect their moonshine. So I haven't been able to find any, like, documentation other than, you know, hearing it from people in Gaston County. So the, and there's also, I think it's called booger wood. There's, there's some sort of, in Rockwell, North Carolina, it's like a haunted um, wood wood that comes up um, around Halloween every year and it's, it's like booger woods or booger. Yes. So I thought that was interesting, but um, you know, it could just be a misprint, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like where, and, I'm, and you know, now I'm going to do even more investigation now that I've, I've started on this track, but um, you know, maybe they just heard the boogie part of boogeyman and just came up with booger or misheard, you know, misinterpretation of somebody saying something. Um, but that was the first Meaning, Um, And the second one that I was able to find actually relates to the Cherokee. And they have something called booger masks, and they're made out of gourds, and they have exaggerated facial features. And these masks were part of the booger dance, which is believed to be an interpretation of outsider intrusion on the uh, Cherokee way of life. So I thought that was really fascinating. And actually, the the Tar Heel uh, junior historian has a a picture of one of the booger masks. So... um, I thought that was really interesting and and you know if you just search booger masks you'll bring up a lot of really fascinating um gourd masks and um you know they're trimmed with fur some are fox fur so any type of fur that they had and they just make them you know very exaggerated i mean almost grotesque looking do,
3: this might they be beyond our our research but i wonder if the booger mask terminology is some sort of derivation of what the word is in Cherokee to sound like more like an English term, or if it's the similar etymology to boogeyman for some other reason, because it may have resembled like a cryptid or some other cryptozoological figure in the mask. And so they applied the word both ways. I I, obviously, I don't know, but I'd, I'd be interested if there are any etymologists out there that'd be intriguing to find out
5: very interesting the um Cherokee connection especially that this is a like a folklore kind of word um because it made me think about how a lot of Appalachian folklore which really commands a lot of the region um is derived from Cherokee beliefs um and are kind of like bastardizations of Cherokee beliefs. um so I don't know if maybe this has like I, I don't know this the story of the word But it is very interesting when you think about, like, broader Appalachian folklore practices and, like, thinking about ghosts in the woods and stuff like that and how they have connections to indigenous, kind of, like, appropriated indigenous beliefs.
3: When the Appalachians in popular culture are often associated with ghosts and Mm -hmm. Bigfoots and monsters, I mean— You know, think you think of Appalachia, West Virginia. You think of Mothman and the cryptids up there. Even to the extent of like the video game series Fallout set their most recent game in West Virginia, so they could include a lot of these Mm cryptozoological things. So, I mean, when you talk about Appalachian culture, that's part of it. So, I think Booger is very helpful, very interesting. Yeah,
5: Um, it is, and you know, there's like all of these like when these vast stretches of like mountain woods are creepy. Um, especially if you're, like, alone out there with a lot of people who are developing this dialect Were you know. So there's a lot of words in Appalachian English that are about the scary things that we can't explain. Well, there's actually a third meaning. This is how my grandmother pronounces burger also. <laughs> oh, so she, like as in
3: hamburger.
5: Yeah, so she'll say As hamburger. in vittles.
3: Yes, that's in vittles. <laughs> so that's, there's three pronounces. So but. can I issue a challenge to our listeners yeah, uh, the best tweet that is a two or three sentence story, including all five words all five used today <laughs> will get retweeted somehow. So if we can get the best story with all five words in any context, we want to see your best short story.
1: It has to be grammatically correct, though you can't: Yes, just, you can't: you can't just no, no,
3: it. no no, no, no. You can't just <laughs> tuck the U's the in English there. English has different
5: grammar rules, and we don't. Oh, okay, well, hold It, it, it has to
1: make sense. How about that? It, it can't just sense. be. There you go. It can't just be the five words with commas yeah, sure. and a period. Mm-hmm. And
3: mm-hmm. I would hope that you don't make the boomer the vittles, but. <laughs> I <laughs> well, I suppose you well,
4: could. I mean, yeah, they do.
3: We could do a whole like episode chicken? on the history of possum as a cuisine in North Carolina. So. Slowpoke the possum was pardoned by a governor, and then, well, yeah. something happened to Slowpoke. So, that's
1: a whole nother story. Are you? Are you uh, we're previewing stories now. I like it. All right, but um, you know, so back to this, this language and this challenge you've issued. I think it'd be great if you can put together all five mm-hmm. in a sentence that makes sense and isn't just a list. We'll we'll retweet we'll retweet you for sure. Yeah, you can't just um,
3: say the five words I've learned in Appalachian right. dialect are. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. No lists, please. But we'll definitely, we'll, yeah, that, that sounds like a great, great plan. Are I there uh, other words that we want to talk about this today?
5: Um, those are our words for now, but okay. I had a lot of fun sharing them with you guys. Thank you for helping me,
3: Bree. Are there any okay, resources people could look up to find other information on Appalachian dialects?
5: There are some really great YouTube videos about the dialect, but in the archives themselves, again, I really recommend listening to some oral histories, Um, particularly older ones. You can really hear super interesting uses of Appalachian English in our oral history collection. And then just looking at like the folk song catalogs, because so much of Appalachian culture is music. That is so fun to look at those folk songs and try to sing them yourself, you know. Does it sound better out
1: loud? Well, excellent. I think it's been, it's been great today. I want to thank the, our interns, Fiona and Bree, for putting together this list and for taking us through it. And then I want to thank Josh and Brooke for being good sports and guessing as, as to what some of these words might mean.
2: This was so fun. I had a lot of fun. It was fun.
1: All right, great. Well, thank you all, and listen in soon for our next episode of Connecting
0: the Docs. Thank you. Bye. Bye. bye Thanks for joining us this week on Connecting the Docs. Make sure to visit our website, connectingthedocs.podbean.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our blog, History for All the People, at ncarchives.wordpress.com.